0: Welcome to Episode 60 of the Camerosity Podcast, the world's number one open source film photography podcast. My name is Mike Ekman, and we are back with another episode sure to fuel your gas addictions. At the end of the last episode, I hinted at a very special guest for this episode who unfortunately had to cancel. So the guys and I decided to pivot to a listener's choice episode where we invite as many people as we can to talk to us, tell us what they've been shooting lately, and ask any questions they have of us. Before we get started, though, we have to say hello to all the hosts from Yellow Springs, Ohio, the bubble wrap and shipping container capital of the Midwest is Mr. Paul Reibolt. Hey, Paul, can you see your floor yet?
1: No, I haven't seen my floor since since you shipped all that stuff to me.
0: Next from Sydney, Australia, land of the official cook. I mean, biscuit of the Camerosity podcast is Mr. Theo Panagopoulos. Hey, Theo, what other culinary delights can you suggest for us?
2: oh uh, look i mean i think everybody knows about the vegemites and all those kind of things but one thing that actually i can recommend to everybody the, the kangaroo jerky so if you can get yourself some kangaroo jerky i think you're in, you're in for a delight
1: we'll just hop right out looking for that
0: finally from gainesville florida fresh off the airplane from his trip to tokyo is mr anthony rue hey anthony how long did it take for them to hand check all your film
3: you know, they were surprisingly gracious about it. Even in Japan, where the, uh, the guy doing the hand check was, like, amazed at all my film and, like, wanted to see my cameras. Uh, so, you know, the guy at the, guy, the uh, border security was uh, a film fanatic himself and was, was quite uh, agreeable about uh, It probably took him a half hour to get through it all. Um, but it was quite nice.
0: I said this was a listener's choice episode, and boy, have you guys responded. There's 11 people in the waiting room right now, so let's let them in.
2: I think we have to ask them to come in single file.
0: All right, we have a loaded house. I see a couple returning callers, Mario Piper and his wife. Hello. Hello, hello. I see Andrew Smith. Welcome back, Andrew. How you doing? I see Marcy Merrill. Marcy from Junk store Cameras. Welcome. Hey, You've done some traveling recently too, haven't you? Yeah. Weren't you in Tokyo? Um, yeah. Yeah, so was Anthony. We'll ask you about that later. Uh we got okay. Patrick Raps from Arizona. Welcome back, Patrick. And then a couple more people who I apologize, I don't recognize your names. Uh Bill Chow. Bill, welcome oh, yeah, to the so show. I saw, saw
4: him the Bill in the Discord server.
0: Oh, hey Bill, how you doing? Welcome. Tim Peters. Welcome, Tim.
5: Hello.
0: Right, where are you calling from?
5: Houghton, Michigan, up in Michigan's upper peninsula.
0: Michigan. Okay. Sorry, Bill, I forgot to ask where you're located at. Uh, California. California. Okay. We have another Bill. Bill Vitello? Vitello, yep. I was just to like say, calling
6: from outside of Philadelphia.
0: Outside of Philadelphia. Sam Kellett. Sam, welcome.
6: Hi there. From Vancouver, Canada.
7: All right, Canadian. Awesome.
6: Joseph
0: Shalmo?
8: Hello. Welcome.
0: Where are you from?
7: Also, Michigan. Oh, another Michigan.
0: All right. I'm up there quite often, so that's okay. AJ, welcome.
9: Thank you. Thank you.
0: AJ is a, a recent joiner of the Discord server. I've spoken to you a couple of times, so it's good to see you on the show. And I'm very pleased at the chaos of your background. It looks very similar to mine. <laughs>
9: Thank you. <laughs> That's nice. I'm from uh, Montreal, Quebec.
0: Montreal, Quebec. So we got two Canadians so far. We've been confined to North America. Uh, we're just going to go crazy. Two more people just joined. Uh, I see Kyle Liu. Kyle's been on the show before. He was, I believe he wanted to be here when we were talking about I think it was the Easter. Was, he wanted to talk about the contacts SLRs. We never got to those. And then Greg, Greg McCreesh. Welcome back, Greg. Hey, how you doing? Thanks. Awesome. All right. So this is our listener's choice episode. For those of you, hopefully all of you here who listen to every episode, patiently waiting for the next one to drop. Uh, we've spent a lot of time over the last few episodes talking about specific brands or types of cameras. We covered uh, Yashica and Nikka. We covered the uh, partial East German industry. We knew there'd be no possible way to get through all the brands, but we spent a lot of time on Exactas and Practinas and Veras. We've, we've had episodes about panoramic cameras. We've had episodes about the Soviet camera industry. Uh, and as much as I love going down wormholes and talking my head off about the history and all the cool stories that I've unearthed while writing reviews, we wanted to do an episode like this to invite as many of you as possible Tell us what you've been shooting lately. What are some things you've been doing? Um, are there any cameras that maybe you've ordered? Any new guests that you've had? Uh, any new guests that you're looking for? Uh, or if you have any questions um, of anybody here, you know myself, Anthony, Paul, Theo, uh, or another guest. So uh, I don't really know how to start with this many people. So I'm going <laughs> to spin the wheel here. I love talking to so many of you. So I'm just going to go in the order. Of how it appears in Zoom, but uh, Patrick Raps, welcome back, Patrick. Hey, what have you got for us?
10: Well, it's it's been it's been grabbing a hold of things. I've you know I'm kind of obsessed with panoramic cameras, at least currently, and that's my current gas. And I got a hold of a uh, number one panorama. I have a number four that I've used, and this one wasn't working. They advertised it is not working in the shutter, and believe it or not, I found a way to fix these dang things. At least get at them so I could fix the mechanism. A lot of the conventional wisdom out there is is that it's glued together. You can't get at them. It's not true. It just takes painstaking work to get at the thing. So, so, so gets light on it. So was it actual screws under yeah. all the covering? Yeah, yeah. You have to take. Well, there's screws on this cover around this, but you have to really slowly pull off the leather, the chamois leather, the photo chamois that's on there, because it's stuck with glue on top of the screws. And once you get that out, and you take the axle out of the bottom of the thing. The entire lens swings you've got to unscrew the lens and but there's a bunch of screws that are all inside a space about this wide that are all at a right angle so you have to like turn them an eighth of a turn at a time so they take some time to get out but after that you can get out it's a pretty rudimentary camera but the whole mechanism comes out so is the, is the number one a 120 camera well it's a 105 but it becomes a 120 camera yeah I got lucky enough that I have a 105 a spool, which is the same width as 120, but it's a larger diameter spool. And so the gearing, it's you know, and I wouldn't say gearing, but it's 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 meant to advance a little bit faster than one twenty right. would because of the size of this. And I was lucky enough, but you can just put some gaffers tape on one and make it a little bit bigger. And that's, you know, I guess that would work. So, and I've been able to shoot with it.
0: With the correct film, Anthony, you'd be able to get six exposures on a roll. But with 120, you get four. So it's like, like Patrick said, the, it's like how 620 and 120, the width of the film is exactly the same. Uh, But in this case, 120 is actually shorter too. So, but it works fine. I've, I've used a number one with 120 also.
10: I saw your, I've seen your reviews on it. Yeah.
2: Are you limited on the speed of the film? I imagine being such an old camera, would be fairly limited shutter speed.
10: Well, I got a trick for that. Um, yeah, because it's, you're right. You got to, I, I was using, I was shooting with 100 and it gets a little bit exposed unless it's a little slightly cloudy. But I've got two things. I found a rubber washer that is just a, a roll O-ring that I can use to hold in a washer as kind of a rudimentary waterhouse stop. So I put a little wa- a fender washer in there with a smaller opening than the lens. And the other thing is, is I've got a whole bunch. I mean, I've got a thousand of the old uh, ratten filters. Just cut a ratten yeah. filter like a red or something,
0: and you're gonna you're gonna lose four stops, and so you can get away with a little bit more. When I shot mine, I used Portra 160. And um, I didn't have to do anything special. And it was within the latitude of that film. Yeah, 100, it pretty much works. That's what I, yeah. I was using. But
10: I mean, if you want anything different, then you got to have to play with it a little bit. It's not perfect, but it's just
11: fun to shoot.
3: Mario, is that also a, a panoram one?
11: Uh, yes, it is. Um, a friend of ours had it. It was their grandfather's. And so they just thought we might be interested in seeing it. And we messed around with it. Haven't shot. I don't think we have shot anything in it, right?
12: I I tried
11: yeah but uh there's so many cameras we have this is kind of on the back burner right now <laughs> should we all show our panoram ones how many who else has one we got three
10: i got a number four as well but i don't have it here yeah that's much larger <laughs> yeah i converted to 120 and that's got rails inside it so there's a super long image but Right.
2: I must admit that's not the camera I would have expected everybody to be able to reach for and bring it up. No. Uh, we got three though.
7: That's that's that was, not bad. I just
10: I just got it. That was why I did it. That was my, my gas. That's his gas okay. yeah.
0: That's just, of the three questions we asked, that that fell into the first category. Uh Marcy, welcome back. You've been on this actually been a while. You it's you a couple episodes ago since you've been here, but uh you always have fascinating stories. I follow you on Facebook and some of your photography is very, very clever. Uh, you, you, like to, you like to stage yourself in, in kind of interesting um, poses and such. So I, I always enjoy when you post your stuff. But what have you been up to lately?
13: Um, well, you brought up, I went to Tokyo, and uh, I got this guy. You had your Yashika episode, and I'm sorry, I missed that. But this one here with the little, it's, oh, it's cool. a sailor boy, totally attracted me. So anyway, it's a it's a cute little yellow plastic thirty five millimeter. Wow. That's gorgeous. Believe it or not, this little thing, as simple as it is, I should have read the instructions because I didn't realize it's one of those it's preloaded, but not only that, but they you know, they it's already loaded all the way onto the rewind side. So you know, it, as you you take it back into the cartridge as you're shooting it. Okay. And for some reason I thought it was going the other way. So in the end, I op- I ended up opening it up on most of the pictures I took in Japan, but that oh, sucks. Wow. What, has- what's that
0: camera actually called? What's its name?
13: It is. It says on it the phone. That thing No, I don't know what it says. It just says thirty-five, and then it's got something that looks kind of like pen, but it just—it's not pen. It's characters. On the back, it says MF one. Yeah. That's probably more okay. helpful. The MF one on the back.
0: All right, we'll have to get a picture that I see. It looks yellow. It's like a plastic. It's Point like and shoot. a drab
13: yellow, kind of like a greenish yellow, and there were four colors. I think it came in four colors, and I just I chose this.
0: Yeah, without cool.
13: realizing the, you know, it's all kind of play money in a way when you're there, and you don't really pay too much attention. And I think I spent fifty six bucks. I Anthony,
0: got was that your experience?
3: Well, you know, my my experience was I I probably went to five different camera stores, and boy, were they shooting for the they were shooting for the the sky man they were you know $20,000 Leica M6s and just insanely expensive cameras i didn't see i was looking for just like oddball stuff that i might find in japan that i wouldn't yeah. find elsewhere and instead what i found was like you know a, a youtube influencer's wish list of the most expensive and rare and deluxe cameras so i didn't pick i picked up film but i did not pick up any cameras i actually had a short shopping list that i was looking for uh but nothing esoteric, nothing out of the, you know, nothing that just like caught my eye is something that I wouldn't find easily elsewhere, but boy, at incredibly high prices for the, all the Leica gear and, and the lenses and even the Nikon gear, there's a lot more used Nikon than pretty much anything else, but even the prices on the unused on Nikon gear were, were high. Um, so I, I stuck to just shooting. I didn't buy any cameras. If you had asked me before I left, would I come back from Japan without a single camera? I would have said not possible. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I certainly got priced out of the uh market at at least the shops that I went to. And I was at shops in Osaka, Kyoto, and in uh in Tokyo, in like three different areas of Tokyo.
0: Marcy, I didn't get a chance to tell you, but the last time you were on, you had that Mamiya U with the hand Sam. Yeah. And I actually came across one of those in a collection that I went through back in June. I, I think I did. I send that to you, Paul.
1: Yeah, I have it, and I have I have like four Mamiya U's, all of which have one problem or another. I don't have I don't have a single one that works.
0: Oh, jeez! <laughs> but the hand Sam, it's like a little hole. Well, I have right? the
1: hand Sam, <laughs> yeah. so I'm gonna. If when I find one, I'll be set. Mine nice. works,
13: it's just that shutter button
1: thing where... oh, is it, You have a problem with the re, with the film uh, release button.
13: Uh, yeah, it's just it's just uh, deteriorated.
1: The red—that's what happened to mine. Mo- I have though. two of them that the collar around the button is gone.
2: Re- reach out to Bill Rogers; he's got parts for those. I reached. Uh, I've got really? I've got three working, and I reached out to him, and he actually sent me. And apparently, the top uh, plate's actually not attached, so you can actually replace that 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 membrane quite easily. Yeah.
1: Well, I have I have at least two of the autofocus versions. And I think the other two are the, the, the fixed focus or manual focus. So yeah, I'll, I'll contact Bill.
2: I was gonna say he sent he sends it out and he sends you like a nice little picture diagram of how to actually change it too. So it's uh Great. it's pretty handy. Do you
1: guys follow? Do you follow Bill on Instagram? If I you do. don't, if you don't, I, I suggest do you do. He's he has some of the best uh, explanations of what happens with Mamiya cameras and how to repair them. That's it's cool. just a just really good information then, and and uh, explanations of, of how he does things.
0: That's yeah, cool. it's very detailed. Yeah, our own Chris Sherlock. All right, uh, Andrew Smith, welcome back. It's been a couple episodes since you've been on, though. So what what have you been yes, doing lately? I've been kind of busy. So I, I actually I was trying not to buy new stuff. So you know how that
14: went. Trying. Yeah. So I got uh, I know we talked about the light lens labs and and stuff from China. So I picked up one of their. 35 millimeter F2 collapsible lenses. You can kind of see it collapse there. And this one's actually built in screw mount, but it came with an F mount converter and I've been using that on my uh, Canon seven and some of my Sony a seven. And I've really liked it. It's it's a very high quality lens and it has really nice colors. Um, it actually, I'd say they did a pretty good job of getting that kind of leica s color quality, but it does have a little vignetting around the corner. So they didn't quite match up to the Leica quality, but they, it was a pretty good try. I don't know if they're quite worth the money. A lot of them are selling for over a 1000 bucks on eBay, but it's a pretty nice lens, and I like it. I'm going to keep using it. And just last week, I was at an antique store, and a guy had this. He was selling on the side, and it's a, it's a Rico 500 with the sort of trigger advance. Yeah, the trigger. That's a uh-huh. pretty neat one. I've been uh, playing with that some, too, because I'd seen these around a lot, and I always kind of wanted one, but i never made the move. And this one was kind of reasonably priced. It had a whole bag that was in nice shape with a... Uh, it had a an old uh, flash with flash bulbs, and it actually had a whole box of flash bulbs, and I thought, oh, that's kind of neat. So I picked that up as well.
0: What I really like about that Rico five hundred, and they made another one called the five one nine, which is similar. Yeah. It's got the bottom. It's got the bottom trigger, so it's mm-hmm. it's like a like of it, but unlike the like of it and the Canon VT uh, range finders, which travel in a linear line, yeah. Rico's swivels. In in my opinion, that's a much more natural movement of your hand. So, it, like if you were to hold, I don't know, Andrew, if you've ever used the like of it or a Canon VT, I haven't.
14: I'm familiar with what they look like, though.
0: They it's it the trigger moves on a linear yeah, track, downward. right? Whereas on the Rico, it swings forward. Patrick, you just held up something that had a bottom trigger. What was that? No, it's a Rico thirty-five. Okay. So that still has the same one like Andrew's does. Okay. Yeah. It's got the little, yeah. So it, you grip it. So for anybody who's never used a trigger, you hold a 35 millimeter camera like you typically would, but your left hand picture, your index finger, you wrap that under the bottom of the camera, Bill Chow's got one too. And you use either your index. Sometimes you can use your index and your middle finger and you pull the trigger on the recos. You actually like your wrist swivels forward almost. So it's actually swinging out beyond the front lip of the camera in like a circular motion, the Canon flex SLRs are the same way. And I found that to be a much more comfortable method than like the like the original, like of it, the, the KMZ drug, the Soviet camera is exactly the same way. The Canon VT deluxe, which I recently reviewed Theo, You have one too. Those all work in a linear line and well, it's pretty neat, it's just not quite as like, smooth, in my opinion, as what Rico did with the 500 that you have there. So it's a- Are the pack sets similar? Am I thinking of the right cameras there? I don't think they made a pack set with the trigger. I could be wrong, though.
1: I have a Kowa. The Kowa 35N has a trigger. I
0: think it triggered. Yes.
10: There might have been. I've got one of those packs set, but I'm not sure where it's at. <laughs> right. Well,
14: cool find there. Have you shot it yet, Andrew? Yes, I did. I put a whole roll through it uh, right after I got it, and I, I actually was surprised. The image results were a lot better than I expected because a lot of those kind of cheap Japanese cameras have very generic, like anastigmat style lenses. But I thought it looked really nice and um, better than some of the cameras I've used. And yeah, I liked it. And I, again, I like I said, the uh, the light lens labs was pretty nice as well. Not one hundred percent sure it was worth the money, but it is pretty interesting. And supposedly, supposedly, all their stuff is kind of like limited edition, and they only make so many of each lens. And I think with yeah. the, um, the collapsible 35s, they're only making like about a 1,000 um, in screw mount and about 1,000 in F mount. So they might end up being really rare and valuable someday, but it never seems to work out in my favor. So I don't know.
0: You know, back to the Ricoh, um Riken was what they were called when that camera was made. But any camera that I've personally shot that had a Riken or Rico lens um, has done great work. Uh, Anthony, you and I are big fans of the Ansco Mark M. Which has a Riken lens. Uh, I'm actually right now working on a review for the Sears TLS, which was a Sears Roebuck rebranded Ricoh camera. And I have the Ricanon, Ricanon, um F14 lens. And I shot a roll of high contrast microfilm. It's like, no shadow detail at all it's like literally black and white is all it can do but it has no grain and that lens resolved an incredible amount of detail so yeah that's that's a that's a good value those those rico cameras are from the cheap rico 35 all the way to the 500 and the 519 so those are nice
4: finds oh well, yeah so uh, one thing i want to talk about is like i think the later versions of the 500 have a larger viewfinder than the early ones yeah the, the newer one the viewfinder stay look much better to be honest and this one, is it's, it's like looking through like a walk line there, like prominent or something. Like the viewfinder's eye is like tiny. Yeah. It's really hard to look through. There's no frame
0: lines. So Bill's holding up an earlier one and Andrew has a later one. And, and I even through the zoom window, I can see the later one is quite a bit bigger. Yep. Yeah. The later one also has,
14: uh, it's got um sort of the, the frame lines, kind of like a Leica or a Nikon SP with a kind of fiber optic, I guess and uh, they're parallax corrected as well which i was actually surprised by that it seemed pretty high quality for you Very know nice. a team of this age and everything
4: yeah, so so a short story about my 500 so i actually got this from like my friend's dad and the shutter is completely gummed up like it's full of stuff so i have to take this all apart and clean it and like recalibrate it like individually which is really annoying but it's worth it um i unfortunately can't test this right now because my local lab just burned down recently like add fire it, it burned down yeah, fire yeah it just burned down oh no yeah, it's really sad that stinks but
0: so do you f- repair your own cameras bill uh
4: yeah 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 so mo- most of my cameras like um my 635 my um om10 right here th- yeah I-, I i got them when they're like all broken so i got them like really cheap for example this one's like forty dollars and and this one is like twenty five. You
0: got a Yashica yeah. six thirty five.
4: Six thirty five. Yeah, that for twenty
0: bucks, and you fixed it.
4: Yeah, so the shutter is like uh, lagging on low speeds, but uh, yeah, it just needs lubrication and stuff. Okay,
2: She's that cosmetically that looks fantastic as well. Yeah. So do, yeah. You, do you actually you
4: polish them up? Yeah. Yeah, the only thing wrong with it is that uh, it doesn't have the thirty five millimeter adapter thing. It's That's the, like, pretty the, cool. The, yeah, the adapter is re- like really hard to find. It is like a lot more knob, like knobs, just everywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wish I
4: had one. I, I'd
0: send it to you, but that's one thing. That you're right. I've never come across those.
1: I think I do have an extra one for the Ashika? Yeah, a six thirty five kit. I'm pretty sure I've got one in the basement.
4: Uh, so, um, I actually wanted like uh, I want to find like Yashika mat recently, but they are all, all like two hundred dollars, which is something that I couldn't afford. And I'm a fan of the mat, but we talked about this
0: in the episode. But the mat ones have the automatic film counter, and yep, that yep. adds extra complexity to the mechanism. So there's more things to go wrong, more to get jammed up. I have a perfectly working Ashika mat and I have a perfectly working Ashika D. And I'll tell you, I, I take the D 10 out of 10 times over the mat. It's just so much smoother. The The controls just move with, with much less effort. That mat is just, even though it works fine, you can feel the linkages moving around in that camera as you're advancing the film. So, um, I'm not trying to discourage you from getting it, but if you have a, a really nice 635, I don't know that a mat will make you any more happier. At least, not in
4: my opinion. Yeah. So, so recently, I just serviced my friend's uh, early model. Uh, what's that? Ro- Rollerflex, like the really, really early one from the early thirties, and like uh, it's an absolute pain to service. Just, just stuff everywhere. Well,
0: that's exciting. I'm glad to hear.
2: Because um... that's impressive. I'm just really impressive that you're pulling these things apart and, and putting them together again.
4: So, so like. They're they not that hard, but they're just you know, have a, a lot of components. and you to know, like sort them.
0: Having a good workspace, good lighting, um, don't do it in a room with shag carpeting for sure. Uh, have a place to put your screws and little so, gas. So, my desk Mac is
4: actually like ma- magnetic, so if I drop the screw, just gonna stick on there. But, like, for like non, non, non like uh, metal screws, like, Bra- there are a lot of them yeah, brass, it's, yeah, it's
0: gonna be very annoying. Awesome. That's good to see. I'm I'm glad to see people trying to take cameras apart. A lot of the old school, you know, repair guys sometimes frown at novices learning on their own cameras. But I, to me, I don't know of a better way to get started. So like the so, so yeah. So I
4: recently got this bag is kind of Vit parts. I have a couple bags like that. Yeah. <laughs> so so I got this for like seven dollars, I think, and I realized that it's like a five hundred dollar camera. But a part is it, like I I, I can back. I can't get this back together. It's just too hard for me. Mario Piper.
0: Mario and uh I'm sorry, your wife is Julianne, right? Yep. Hi, welcome. I, you last time Mario was on, we heard your voice in the background, but we didn't see you in front of the camera. So uh oh. so welcome. <laughs> what what are you guys what's new with you guys with the Pipers? Well, um in my undying love of spotmatics
11: as well as uh third party 135 millimeter uh lenses, um I found uh, Nikon or not like a Spotmatic SP that was completely unused, not a scratch. The uh, the shutter curtain was completely flat, brand new, flawless. And I have an auto Sears 135 uh, F2.8 on it. And I just love, love, love this camera. The, me- the meter actually works.
0: So it, it didn't have the mandatory battery door that's corroded on the bottom plate?
11: No, there was no corrosion what? whatsoever. I there don't
0: was- believe it.
11: It's I, I have it fitted with a I can't remember what the the number is but a really tiny battery yeah lawlessly wow but that's an earlier uh, by a couple months ago and then recently I because of that camera I wanted a spotmatic es uh-huh. but I couldn't find one with a working meter and everything I read about them was that the meters are pretty faulty so I decided to go with a Nikon EL two. Love this camera. <laughs> yep. It's uh it works perfectly
0: and uh it's like it's a masterpiece of design. <laughs> that was my very first Nikon film uh camera of any kind. I had no idea that it was an uncommon camera, you know. Of all the Nikons to get, if mm-hmm. you're new to it and kind of throw in a dart at the wall, like which one am I gonna buy? That I yeah. ended up with an EL2 over a dozen other way more common models is just weird to me, but I fell in love with that EL2. And even though I have many other Nikon SLRs, many of which are more advanced than that camera, I still come back to it. Um, For for anyone who's not familiar, the EL2 is a Mat. It's the only camera that they made in the Nickermat family that they actually called Nikon. So it's a Mat body, but with the electronics and features of like an FE. So if you've ever had a desire for an electronic shutter, auto exposure, you know, Nikon SLR, but in the larger, more mechanical body, the EL2 is the camera for you. Yeah, it's, I mean, the engineering
11: behind these Nikon cameras is just stunning. Um, I I think one of the things that I love about it, well, a couple of things I like about it in particular are in the viewfinder, you see the shutter speeds. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love I love that layout. And also when you have it on AI or automatic, I guess it's aperture priority. I just I like aperture priority. And I think I saw on your on your website that it has infinitely variable um shutter speeds between
0: right. The two All the electronic Nikons did that. But what I, what I really like about it is it you have auto exposure, but even in manual exposure, it'll show you both what you've selected and then what the meter is recommending. Okay. So in a way, it's kind of like a match needle also even in full manual mode. So if, if you're pointing it at a scene and it's recommending 125 and you have it pointed, or, um, I'm sorry, manually set to 60 or 30 or something else, you can clearly see that you're off. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could either match your speed with what it's suggesting or just do what you want or just put it in auto mode and just let it pick a, a shutter speed for you. Yeah, I I just love this camera,
3: Mario. I I feel like the luckiest boy in the world in that I have two Pentax ES that work perfectly. The oh, views do you? are perfect. They are completely reliable. I shoot them both all the time. One ah. of them came from a, a local retiree who had moved down here and decided to get into uh, shooting birds, and so he went out and bought like a Canon with the ridiculous like 500 millimeter lens and was selling all of his film gear. So I think I picked it up for 25 bucks, cool. but. But with the right lens, with the with the with the, the lens that's matched to those models that do this, the the proper metering, like I've got the one oh five on there, and it just it doesn't leave that camera. And you know it's I, I've got most of the Spotmatic models, but most of the time I'm going to pick up that ES just because they, they got it right, they got the size right, they got the feel right. Um, you got to be able to shoot an, an aperture priority on it, uh, which is okay. Is that the
11: ES or the ES two? The,
3: the ES. The ES
11: okay wow yeah I, I there's something about spotmatics i don't know to me they're just they're gorgeous cameras they're they're fairly simplistic but they just have everything you need
3: if you can get one don't go i'm just saying don't give up on them just because just okay. because jeff at that other podcast has had horrible luck with it okay. don't let that spook you that when you find one that works they are kind of magical they're really great okay. cameras
0: There's screw mount. It's a screw mount, like a Pentax Spotmatic, but with auto exposure. So you get, you could do it in full auto and it has the full selection of speeds, or you can set it to manual. Isn't it like 60 and above? So it does have limited manual control if the meter is dead, but um, I agree with Anthony. They're very well built. They're slightly larger than some of the other Spotmatics are. They don't require the teeny tiny battery of the S's like you had to deal with Mario. So that's a plus too. Way more ex- exciting than I am. I'm kind of vanilla as far as, like,
11: I like SLRs and that's about it. <laughs> Julia, what do you have?
12: Well, I got, I got 11 cameras in the last two weeks. <laughs>
11: oh
0: boy.
12: Um, but I got the kinds that people don't seem that interested in. So this is a number three ANSCO, 3A ANSCO postcard camera. And um takes big rolls of film.
0: Big rolls of film. 22,
12: which is really fun. I rolled up paper. I cut paper and taped them all together, and
0: how many rolls do you have of one twenty two? zero. Okay.
12: This photographic paper.
2: So, so you actually roll the paper onto the spool. Yeah, mm-hmm.
12: I just made out of printer paper this little backing paper. It's just printer paper, and I wow. roll photographic paper up in it and stick it in there. But I like this one so much that then. <laughs> This one is that,
3: that that could be my favorite camera hack that I've heard in a long time. Yeah, yeah that pretty that's pretty cool. That's amazing. That, that, that's quite brilliant.
12: This is um takes three and a quarter by five and a half inch pictures. And it works really good and interesting. In the old owner's manual, the times that it gives match photographic paper. So outside, if it's really bright, you can just do what's it called, instantaneous mm-hmm.
13: yeah, instant- shutter
12: speed, and it actually makes a picture mm-hmm. um, indoors. It's four minutes with, um, it has three different apertures that you can choose from, but then I wanted a square shooter. So I found this one, which shoots three and a half by, th- no, three and a quarter by three and a quarter. And it's a um, Kodak, wino Hawkeye. It's a really <laughs> weird
0: name. Nice. Is that also 122? Yes. Okay, I think I I don't want to speak, but I am almost positive I have a couple rolls of that. Um, I I'll go digging in my crypt, and as soon as I find some, I'll send them off to you guys. At least you could have a, a real spool. Wow, that would Thank be you.
12: awesome.
10: That's a great idea. I'm going to try that. I've got one twenty two cameras. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
12: it works really well, and actually, with this, with this one, I just had some teenagers come over yesterday, and we spent a couple hours shooting this. Um, I didn't roll it for them, I cut single shots. So, you know, you come inside, stick one on, close it, go outside, and um, they wanted to try ghosting. So, we were doing 30 second exposures in the woods. um, Oh, wow, trying to get ghosts in the shots, which we had marginal success. It needs more time to figure out how long you have to be in each position to get it really good, but. I also got this...
0: Jesus, they're getting bigger. (laughs) I know!
12: (laughs) This is um, 103 film, I think. It shoots 4 by 5 but roll film. And it's a Kodak bullseye, and it actually has... It focuses... It has a focusing scale. I'll say it moves the
2: whole reel back and forth there.
10: That's really cool.
12: So that it's really... I have to repair this door, but... So you open this door, and then... You the focus moves
0: the entire board back and forth. This yeah.
12: Is inside.
0: So I'll try to describe this. She's holding up a very, very large box camera, but there's a door on the front where the insides come out completely. And that's basically like the film compartment. The, the box is literally just a box with the lens, right? Is that, and lens and shutter. Yeah. And that, but it's separate from the film compartment. So when you focus it, you're independently moving it back and forth change like you would on a like a folding camera would work but it's not a folding camera it's a solid box is that all wood then it is the yeah. entire thing okay tongue yeah. and groove i
3: i have to say for for, for being 100 year old plus cameras those look immaculate i mean yeah they look really I'm just nice. looking at them on zoom but boy those look stunning they are
12: yeah this one um let's see the internet said <laughs> they were made from 1896 to 1904
0: do you have Brian Coe's uh, Kodak book? No, it's um, I could reach it, but I'd have to. I'd probably trip over the stuff behind me. But it has every one that they've made. The year it was made, it's basically like the McKeowns, but of only Kodak. That's a good book for reference to date those old Kodaks.
12: Yeah, very cool. Mario got me. I'll only show you one more. <laughs> <What>
13: if, <laughs>
0: think, if she has to roll this thing in on wheels, you think this is big? Um, just wait. Oh boy. <laughs> So we got a we got looks like a a studio camera. That thing's yeah. large.
12: This is a five by seven. It's an Empire State number two, with a pretty brass lens. But I have to get it serviced before I can use it.
0: It's gorgeous. Are the Bello, are the bellows good. Mm-hmm.
12: They're they're good right now, but I think with very much use, they're going to need
4: help. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like all the bells, just like disintegrates over time. Yeah. Uh, I just realized that, that like the focusing cola box camera, like the mechanism mechanism feels kind of like that context camera that does autofocus, but it's by like moving the whole film plane forward and backwards. Let me see. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, let yeah. me see. How, if it's called the the AX. Oh, okay, there it is. Yeah, I, I actually kind of want one of these, but they're like kind of rare.
0: They're very rare, uh, very expensive, and
4: very likely to not work. It's context. It, they're, they're not known for their reliability. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
11: Just, but
12: these old ones are pretty reliable Yeah. and I know a lot of videos I can't find that much information I find a few videos on YouTube and people will show it and then they'll say this isn't worth your time to shoot and they never used it or they'll yeah. shoot it once and say that was a waste of time and I'm like I feel like that's your opinion because some people like using
0: them yeah. That's the great thing about this hobby is that you can make out of it whatever you want. I mean, if you only want to shoot in stacks film, you can point and shoot. You can, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, some people like to go down these, these wormholes like, like your wife does. I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I prefer cameras to, you know, that you you just use how um, they're intended to be used without having to use printer paper to make my own stuff. I, I, (laughs) I think that's awesome. I would love to have the time to do it. I just don't. But, uh, I applaud anybody who's who's using these things, how they're meant to be used. I
2: do have a question though. You you said you use printer paper for the backing paper. Is that light proof?
12: Um, Probably not. But this particular camera, I just, well, all of them, the red is actually gone on all the windows of them. So right. I just taped them and then I, I just- Oh, so
0: there's nothing coming in from the back. Okay. Right. So, so I'm just I... guessing it
12: figured it's about 5 turns.
0: Okay. We uh we were talking about the panorama earlier. The very first panorama I shot was in horrible con- physical condition. The leather was peeling, the wood was cracked, the backs didn't even stay on correctly, but the shutter seemed to work. So, if you read my review of that camera, you'll see that in one image I actually took the entire camera and put it in a trash bag.
5: Nice
11: and
0: I <laughs> I cut holes where the knob needed to be, where the viewfinder was and where the shutter release was so that I could at least act and obviously a hole for the front lens. But I I walked around with this camera in a bag, like a hefty bag, uh, because I just knew it was leaking light from every direction. So uh, if you ever run into a camera um, that you're not confident in its light ceiling abilities, I I definitely recommend the trash bag. Uh, And you got to use the contractor grade, like the six mil thick stuff. That's you know you, you use for like <laughs> fifty five gallon drums. Uh, that's that's what
10: I was going to suggest for that that studio cameras. It, it, I've done that before. I've wrapped them in a dark cloth because I don't want to ruin the bellows and I don't want to pay for a brand new right. one if I don't use that much.
4: Okay, so I actually have a tip for making your own bellows. So so you can just get printer paper, like a really really big one, and it, and then you fold it and then you cover it in plastic dip. It's actually like life proof. And like I made one like half a year ago and it still works pretty good right now. It doesn't stick to itself when it closes. Uh, and you have to spray it, uh, like clear coat over it. But like okay. yeah, it, it doesn't, and, and like it's held up pretty well so far.
11: You cover it with what? The paper with what?
4: Plastic dip. like the plastic spray paint that like plastic rubber. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: I used a liquid electrical tape, which worked great. The problem was is even after it dried, when you would close it, the bellows would fuse itself to it to the other folds. And then the next time you opened it, it just would rip right off. So plastic dip, we'll have to give that a shot. It's a good tip. Oh, oh, oh
4: don't forget clear coat.
0: Clear coat. Okay. Yeah. I didn't okay. do that.
4: Oh yeah. So um uh, I would like to talk about my my what uh, my most prized possession, this Veronica ETRC. Ooh. Yeah. It's the, it's the camera that almost everyone just don't like for some reason. Like I, w- I went to every single camera show, flea market. Ask every single pe- one that, like, know about cameras. And, like, everyone's just, like, we don't talk about Bronicas here. So the lens is currently a little bit, little bit fogged up, which is really disappointing, to be honest. And I, when I got this, like, half a year ago, it's not fogged up yet. So And, and I took some pictures, and, like, uh, my friends can different this between digital, which is really, yeah. really, really, really good. 6.45.
0: Bronicas uh, are nice. I mean, a lot of the earlier ones use Nikkor lenses. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't- I don't think the C did. I think by then they were, Zenza was making their own, right? Yeah, it's, it? Yeah, Zenza, no. Zenza, Okay. Yeah. But the earlier ones, the Chrome ones, and uh, Paul, you might know better than I do. But at some the, the, point the, the EC,
4: they... the Z, the D, the, uh, I forgot, what's that? C. And, and, and then you have the, S2, and then S2A, ECTL, yeah, those.
1: I think Sam's got one as well. The ETRC doesn't have interchangeable backs, does it?
4: Uh, uh, It it doesn't. uh, The back... Has
1: inserts, but not backs. Yeah,
4: yeah, so it just...
1: Right, the S, the ETRS had interchangeable backs.
4: But, like, the the reason I got the ETRC was, like, the ETRS was, like, $50 more expensive. I don't really use the function that much. No,
1: there's nothing wrong with it. I was just trying to remember the difference between the two.
4: So this one when I got it, I really I forgot like uh, the exact amount that I got it for, but I think I got it for like two hundred and fifty dollars, which is like a really good deal back in the day. But like it's just having a lot of issues. For example, like this this piece on the winding knob is falling off, so I have to use like a special screw. It's still trying to fall off currently. And the counter inside is having a lot of like a ton of issues. So yeah, I I have to custom make some parts to fix it, which is annoying, but like the results are worth it, definitely.
0: Another issue you got to be careful of is in addition to the foam light seals around the back, there's also foam underneath the ground glass. If it degrades, which most of them have, the ground glass actually lowers. It gets out of the, the, the proper film plane. And what ends up happening is you look through the viewing screen and you see a sharp image. The problem is, is that you're focusing out outside of the, the proper film plane Mm-hmm. So you're you're seeing a sharp image, but the lens isn't because the ground glass is is not at the right level. So if that if you start to notice that all of your images, no matter what, you keep missing focus, uh, that's the problem with those is that the foam under the view viewfinder has it needs to be replaced. All right. Um, Sam Kellett, I just want to give you a chance to speak. You were holding up some cool stuff there while while Bill was talking. Uh, you want to say hi and share your guess?
8: Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say to the Bronica thing. The other part uh, is the foam underneath the um, the, mirror, the mirror. Yeah, which is a huge. Uh, I had to do that with my uh, my S two, which is why I was holding up the uh, one thirty five NICOR, because I was like, oh yeah, I had to deal with that, and it's because the 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 shutter goes down. I like the the mirror goes down instead of up.
0: That's a whole you know i did it over COVID. it was a huge rebuild i have an s2 with the same problem and mine's almost unusable at this point i if i'm ever going to use that camera again i need to send it to someone to get it fixed
8: yeah and nobody fixes them which is a huge problem right all right go ahead yeah. um so uh i just got uh this which is uh agfa iso rapid yeah it's a uh, the rapid yeah it's iso if which is great i bought it and then uh I ended up going traveling and I found uh, another rapid cassette
0: uh, in Bergen of all places. Paul has a, a rapid cassette camera. He literally just showed on the, the board, the Fujica, the rapid S1. Rapid D1. The rapid D1. Yeah. yeah, That's the same. Sam yeah. is what you're talking about. Use the same cassettes and both the ISO flash you're holding. And the one Paul has shoots square format, which, which mm-hmm. if you like square images is uh, a nice little plus too. Yeah,
8: I uh, I remember because uh, I bought it because Anthony talked about uh, some square format quite a quite a ways ago. But in the same shop, I got a ninety mil f four. Um, what's it, Elmar, and uh, a Nikon AF two. Beautiful, that's a great point. Shoot. And then yeah, it's it's for my my partner, and she she's gonna really enjoy it. To what was Andrew? Yeah. Uh, I just got the Light Lens Labs LCAN and oh. so far has been a really, really good, you know, lens. Definitely not, you know. I don't, is I don't that know. the 50mm F2 one? or? Yeah, yeah, it's the 50mm L2-1 F2 compared to the $30,000, you know, original. Like, yeah. you can't really compare it, but uh, so far
0: so good. Are you seeing the same vignetting he was talking about? No. No.
14: I really only saw it in one image, and it was only on the uh, the Sony A7 when I was shooting digital, because I, I kind of looked around later and I saw that it wasn't as bad on the RAW, so it could have just been the camera didn't really have the the sort of like, um, what do you call it, like the metadata or whatever to kind of compensate for it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe I need to download something. But yeah, I, I, I like it overall. It's just I did notice it had a little bit of vignetting. And uh, the yeah. other thing is the um, the focus throw tab. It seems like that's a little, because it has that kind of screw-on, uh focus throw tab kind of like an old Leica and then I actually kind of yeah, came loose yeah. once I had to screw it back in a little bit. So that was the one build quality thing. But it is pretty good quality all in all.
3: So Sam I'm I'm actually I'm actually a fan of that Elmar. I mean as the second cheapest M mount lens that you can buy it's kind of a sleeper. You know I actually got some yeah. fantastic shots out of it. Uh yeah.
8: It, yeah I threw it on my Sony and it's it's been really like just like I threw it on the Sony just to test it and it's like it's really Quite nice and it's very well, low contrast i had to actually take it apart and kind of clean out the the haze a little bit but it's so far like really-
3: paul will scoff at me because they they kind of litter his shop as uh, uh just way too many of them floating around um but i yeah I, I shot the heck out of it and enjoyed it so good find
8: yeah it's it's a very light lens too which is like you know good for carrying around
0: well thanks for uh sharing your uh stuff with us sam um tim peters in the Zoom Brady Bunch window, you're next, welcome.
5: <laughs> well, hello. Um, well, I'm very much like you, Mike, and I have at this point, I think what, over 200 cameras in my collection. So I get my choice of subject and camera too, but I have four right here that I've been shooting recently that uh, that I wanna show off. So I'll begin that with, um, similar to what we've seen earlier, this here is a Kodak number two uh, bullseye special made in 1898. And if you've never seen one of these, Well, this is, first of all, the best example you're ever going to see of one. It's in practically mint condition for what it is. Um, It's currently loaded, so I can't show you the inside. But I converted it to 120. I made a pasteboard mask for the back to shoot 6 by 6 And the numbers, of course, line up because the window is right back in the center. Uh, And I machined out of aluminum two um, spools that I can actually um, re-spool the 120 onto and shoot it natively in here. So it shoots just like it would have back in the day. And even the viewfinder lines up. So, I know a lot of these older um, bullseyes, the viewfinders get really foggy. I know I have a a regular bullseye and you can't see anything through them. This one's perfectly clear, which I lucked out on that. So,
2: I'm shooting this. Is that the one that they were selling that's sort of like aimed at private investigators? and and No, that's the, um,
5: those are detective cameras. This one was more sold toward a wealthy person that wants to spend a lot of money on a high quality camera, but they don't necessarily know a lot about photography. Because as you can see, you actually have to open the front to change any of the settings. You have apertures of F11 through F32 and three shutter speeds. Um, but I've had the shutter open, fixing it. And literally all that does is it changes the tension on a single coil spring. And I tested the shutter speeds. It makes zero difference. So effectively, it has <laughs> only about a 40th of a second shutter speed. But you have to cock the shutter um, using this lever on top and then fire it. it still works beautifully. So, and it has a rapid rectilinear lens in there. Now the next one, this one I'm gonna have to stand up to show you. Oh, oh boy. I like this guy. <laughs>
8: 1926.
5: Oh <yeah. laughs> this one is a home portrait graphic. Falmer and Schwing? Yep, home portrait graphics. Yeah, it's just about the largest SLR you're ever gonna see.
0: So so real quick, Tam is standing upright. He's got the bottom of the camera at about belt level, and the top of his viewfinder is up to like his nose.
5: Oh yeah, this thing is massive. We have to shoot it is. You take your glasses off, and <laughs> the Shove hood is actually air. the hood is so big. You actually stick your your eyes and nose into it, so you can actually see the image. Oh man, it's massive, and it weighs about thirty pounds. Wait, I was going to say about the lens. It's about the diameter yeah, of a coke can. the lens. The lens. What, so, what film size is that one? Oh, it's it takes, uh, Graflex back five by seven holders. Yeah, so,
10: that's I, I know, about there's
5: a beast. Yeah, and just for a size comparison, uh, here's a Series B three by four. It's baby next to there. So anyway, the lens on this boy probably about half the weight in itself. It weighs ten to fifteen pounds. It's an old survey lens, Baushian-Lam Tessar One C, three hundred and five millimeter f four point five. Whoa! I cannot overestimate the weight on this thing. It is massive. You can do curls with this, but it's a it's an aerial lens. This particular one, aerial survey lens. So that's massive. Because I
0: can't stop with trivia. You said Baoshanlam Tessar.
5: Correct. So Tessar One C.
0: It's not a Zeiss Tessar, do you know why?
5: I believe they still had the
0: copyright on it, did they not? Carl Zeiss you know, was producing these lenses, this is pre-war. Um, they only had so much capacity to build lenses. Their reach, their distribution wasn't good enough to supply the entire world with lenses, but they wanted to get their name out there. And everybody, even in, in the United States, knew that the Germans were very good at making lenses. So uh, Carl Zeiss licensed some of their lens formulas to other manufacturers. Bausch and Lam in the United States produced quite a few Zeiss lenses um, and then Cook in, um, in England did. Uh, there might have been one or two others. I can't remember off the top of my head, but basically Zeiss gave them permission. It wasn't even necessarily a patent issue. I mean, they basically gave them the design schematics and said, build them. To our specifications, um, you got to keep the name, though, so at least some, yours says Bausch & Lomb Tessar, but there are a few that will say like Bausch & Lomb Zeiss Tessar.
5: Yeah, or like the Kodak Zeiss Tessars.
0: Right. It'll still get their name out there. It still gets their formulas out there. And the companies could say a German lens, but it's, it is made by Bausch & in the United States to Carl Zeiss's specifications. Yeah, it was
5: similar to later on. I have here um, for my Eastman View 5x7, a Dagor, which is, of course, a Gertz design, but this was made under contract by um, Carl Zeiss. Yep. So, very similar to that. Now, I said I had four cameras. The other two are probably more familiar to you guys.
2: Just before you move on to that, I've got one of those, uh, I've got a Carl Zeiss Jenna Tessa 4.5, 25 centimeters here. It looks Ooh. very similar to the one you were holding up earlier, the same sort of. Look and feel, and they've got one thing to note about these is they've got like about four hundred, well, those things inside. <laughs> I've gone blank on the, the L. L.
13: blades. Yeah, thank you. Got
2: got like about four hundred, yeah, they have got so many yeah, blades inside. Average. So yeah, so if you can use them on on something, you, you can get some absolutely fantastic um depth of field control on them.
5: Oh yeah, the original. If you look in the the literature, the lam catalogs from back in the day, I have a Taser One C five by seven. Um, lens, the much smaller one, but it's four five by seven. I keep that one mounted on my Eastman view. And if you read the original literature on this thing um, that Bao Lam put out, the bill says the greatest lens that has ever been made or will ever be made. And <laughs> y- you think that when you mount it on your camera, it's going to shatter the ground glass because it's so sharp. I mean, there is some truth to it. Now I've shot it for a, a while now. And are you, you know, in, it, are you in marketing by any chance, Tim? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm an engineer, but okay. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but the, it's a good lens. I, I I I cannot knock them for that. I have three Tess R1Cs in various sizes, and what can I say? It's an excellent lens. It's it's a Tessar wow. after all.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what your next two are. But have yes. do you have sample images of those first two cameras?
5: Uh, yes, I do actually. Um, they would be on my Instagram though, so I would have to pull those up. I yeah. was gonna say if if you could
0: share you know at least a couple either on the Facebook page or on the Discord server, I'd love to see them.
5: Absolutely, I'll do that afterwards. Sure. Awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah, anyway, this is the one I've been shooting a lot recently now. This is probably, right. uh, S2. you know, familiar. Yeah, um, Yeah. Nikon S2, probably the most, you know, handsome of the Nikon rangefinders. Absolutely. I got this. It was marketed to me, uh, it was sold to me by used photo pro as, you know, this is a problem camera. It's You know, there's some issues or whatever. Lo and behold, I bought it and I bought the lens too. They're like, oh, the lens is hazed over. There's nothing wrong with this thing. <laughs> nothing yeah. wrong. with it. It's gorgeous and I've been... I'm shooting Use this. photo I'm a... Pro
0: that's that's Roberts Cameron Indianapolis correct mm-hmm. and and I believe me I I don't want to discourage them from doing this but I I too have purchased things from them that they claim to be inoperable that was fine so um yeah I, I won't I obviously can't guarantee that everything from them is like that but uh they they can continue to
5: underrate things um I mean, I buy all my nightmis here from them they just have excellent stuff and good prices on that. So yeah, yeah this I'm not, I'm not paid by them, but that's no, my personal. No, they're very opinion.
0: they're very picky about their stuff. I I know
5: Absolutely. one of the buyers. Yeah, yeah. So, so real
0: quick, so you have the S2. What lens mm-hmm. was that? The 50 F2.
5: This is the 50 F2. This is um, 1949 production. So it's the Chrome series, the first Chrome series of the um, 50 F2. So series. that's a much older lens than the body. Mm, well, the body
0: is would have been 50 55. 50. 55 or 56, right? Yeah, my, yeah. my
5: body is 50, 56, if I remember correctly. Right. But yeah, this is a lens off right. M. M. So, Very cool. I mean, it's an excellent lens. What can I say? It's a yeah, sonar. Absolutely. Little else to say about this other than it rocks. Everybody should buy one. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I've been a big fan of the Nikon F for a while now. Um, I work as a part-time press photographer. And I do all my work on the Nikon F. And um, I mean, this is the one I use most of the time. It's a, Nikkor, uh, a Nik- Nikon F. Photonic T from nineteen sixty six, but the cool one I want to show off is I just got this in the mail today. The he's got the meter. Yes, the the selenium meter. Most of not work. Even
0: know they made these. No, they weren't common. And I, this one still
5: works, so I, I just wow. have to calibrate it. I have to take it apart and like redo. And it.
0: the best thing is, is you have the standard prism, which is really hard to find.
5: Correct, and not only that, with the rectangular um yeah viewport, these are hard to find, and I have. This is kind of faux pas here. It's a 1964 production 50 F2 Nikkor H. However, however, I will say my Nikkor S 50 F2 is in the mail as we speak. So all right. I'm looking forward to shooting the original, you know, proto Nikon F thing. Oh, it's just so clunky. I love it. All right. Well,
0: Tim, you have a nice wide selection there of, of cameras. I uh will have to have you back on again to hear what the other 196 I you have in your collection. Oh, I'd but, love to. Uh... <laughs>
5: <laughs> I can speak awesome! All right, thank you for having me on the show.
0: I don't want to like exclude anybody who's spoken from talking, but I do want to give everybody a chance to talk. So, uh, Bill, Bill Vitello, welcome. Hey, everybody! How's it going? Awesome! I see uh, a nice strobe behind you. It looks like uh, maybe a shelf full of cameras. Not quite sure what's on there, but what do you have for us?
6: Yeah, it's a it's a bunch of different stuff that's back there. To be honest with you, I'm I'm fairly camera agnostic, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I just love shooting. Uh, I shoot 35 millimeter medium format, also do four by five. uh, And I've also uh, dipped my toes into the wet plate collodion. So, you know, I'm working on that as well. So, but I mean, I'm, I'm always a sucker for a good TLR. That's why I was just looking up at my uh, collection up there. So I always enjoy looking down through the ground glass. But um, you mentioned some cameras that I have in my collection too, that I enjoy shooting the Ricoh 500 uh, the Yashica 635, the Yashica D, um, some other TLRs I have here as I look up. So the Roli Cord of a Rolleiflex Flex 28D, um, Minolta Auto Cord, Ricoh a mia C330.
0: So you put them in my hands. I'll shoot them for sure. Very cool. So do you have a favorite of those TLRs? I mean, you mentioned the Auto Cord and the Diacord, which I love. I mean, I I would choose my Auto Cord over my Diacord because I believe it, you know, here was you know, praising Rico earlier, I do like my auto cord a little bit better, but one thing the Diacord does better than any other 6x6 TLR that I've ever seen is the focus is controlled by two paddles mm-hmm. on opposite sides of the lens. So you can focus that camera with either your left or your right hand without ever having a reposition. Uh, the Minolta, of course, has the focus lever sticking at the bottom. So while you're holding the TLR, most people, because the shutter release is on the right, so most people are gonna fire the shutter with the shutter release, and then they're gonna focus with your left hand. But unlike a Roloflex, many TLRs, which have a focus knob on the side, it, you have to focus the camera with your right hand, your left hand, I mean. And then before you fire the shutter, you like move your hand under the camera to support it. And then if you need to refocus, you have to move your hand again to the knob to focus. But with both the auto cord and the cord you can control the focus with your left hand, supporting, stabilizing the camera, and just kind of flick it with your fingers. And I just thought that that was such a clever solution that I'll admit I, I have not handled any of the later Roloflexes. So I don't know, Paul, do you, did they ever adopt like a paddle focus in any of the later um, Roloflexes? No, they stuck no, with the knob. All wheel, all wheel. Yeah. Real. And I mean, obviously, people, they were successful at it. People have been shooting TLRs with knobs since the 30s. Uh, or even what was it, twenty nine? I think when the first rolliflex came out, but um, the Japanese, you know, Minolta and and R- Rico made meaningful improvements to the usability of those cameras, which I really appreciate.
11: Can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, so it's basically terminology: Rolleiflex, Cord. What what is the difference between the flex and the cord? I've always wondered that.
1: It's difference between a an Nikon and a NIKKOR. It's just Pretty a it's, it's a lesser. Uh, Right. Lesser design, fewer features. Okay. Usually the the Flex has had a, a self-cock, a shutter. You cock the shutter when you advance the film on, on rolly cords, you cock the shutter on a lever.
0: The uh, Rolay cords almost always have a film advance knob, whereas the Flex has a handle. Okay. Yeah,
1: Rolay cords had Xenar uh, lenses, 3.5s. The uh, Role Flexes are going to have a little, little bit, I don't want to say better, because the cord lenses are excellent also. Yeah. Most of it, them are triplets.
11: Yep. Okay. So it's just uh, more features for right. the one. The
1: yeah. Other. It's a feature. It's a feature thing.
0: Okay. Thank for you. For the money, for the money of what you could find a nice roller cord for versus a flex. the 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 um, images you'll get from them are negligibly different, in my opinion.
6: I, I do have the in-between model, the T. Yeah. Oh, I love the T. I love that camera. Yeah.
1: The, that 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 was uh one of the last that they made that uh and you can always uh, a a cord T, a roll of flex T is the, is the one rolly you can look at and know yeah. immediately which model it is.
0: It's because of this right here, right? Yep. yep on the bottom. So it's got like a chin. So if you pick for if you can't picture this, if you're listening to the show, picture a roll of flex but immediately below the taking lens, there's like a Jay Leno chin. That kind of sticks out a little bit but on one side of it is the shutter release the other side is the flash sync port but it's extremely comfortable like it's one of those things like why didn't they do that on the others it's, it's quite nice yeah but like paul cool said
6: notes. you could... i love the gray leatherette on that yeah it's a beautiful camera
1: hey bill were you in the photo industry what what's your background
6: uh so now actually i'm a banker by day <laughs> this is a over oh, okay smart. This is a really overly serious hobby for me. Well
1: your your name is your your last name is not an uncommon last name but uh there's a guy named Ray Vittiello who is the vice president of Mamiya.
6: Oh okay. Didn't Mac, know that. Yeah, you know, they call okay. Mamiya
1: America Corporation. Okay. He's a he's an old friend he's been in the photo industry for 150 years. Okay. But uh
6: I'm a little younger than 150. Yeah, and
1: you're
0: a lot more knowledgeable <laughs> than Ray
13: is, too. Cool. Well
0: well thanks for coming Bill. Um we'll, for we'll try me. to circle back uh, Joseph Shalmo Joseph you've been really patient so thanks for listening have you been listening to the show uh, a long time or are you a recent listener uh
7: I guess more recent um I was on a long uh, car drive uh, car ride back from Sault Ste. Marie Michigan which is about four hours from where I am right now and I needed something to keep me awake on the 25 mile of Arrow Straight Road in the UP so I decided to, uh, Look up camera podcast, and I found this one. Wow! Kind of gotten into it.
0: What you're saying is this podcast may have saved your life. Like it kept you awake. Possibly,
1: from
7: right? Yeah, maybe. Right. <laughs> awesome.
1: You know, we can also have the opposite effect. Joseph. That's
7: true. <laughs> um,
1: so, what are you shooting
7: with? I got my main camera right now is this Minolta X700. I got it from my grandfather for free, and I can never turn down a free camera. So um, it's worked perfectly. I'm uh, currently in the mail. I have a the Minolta P adapter, so I can mount uh, M42 lenses onto it um, just to so I can use it with more of the stuff that I have. But I also um, just bought this um, Sanmar 35 for my c3
0: that lens transforms that camera big time oh
7: yeah i've gotten uh this was actually the first uh film camera i bought last year because of a certain other person i met at college whose name is tim peters who got me into film photography and last uh last uh two years ago at this point I, I went up to him. and was like, Hey, this is something I want to get into. And I said, like, what, what cameras do you recommend starting out? And he said, well, you can either get the, this bullsy B2, which I tried out and hated. And then the other one was the Argus C3. And I said, you know what? Sure. Why not? And I've been shooting it. I've put five or six rolls through it. Loved almost every picture I've gotten out of it. Um, I have, of course the, uh, Centaur 3.5, which is one of my favorite lenses of all time. I also have the Sanmar 100 um, that I've used a couple times. Then now that I have this 35, I've come to the stop of, I think I need to get another body because this doesn't have a shoe. So I can't mount a external finder. Yeah,
0: they made a viewfinder for that camera and it actually just clips on the entire top plate. Yeah. I, I have one. I, don't know if I have a second one of that style though. Most of them are the later bodies like you're talking about yeah. with, with the real accessory shoe. But the, the earlier ones it's like a claw that just grips yes. on. Yeah. So you have to keep taking it off every time you want to open the thumb yeah. compartment. That's how they did that.
7: I've been looking for one of those. I just haven't found anything yeah. on it. It's, it's, it's like a real just small part that's very hard to find. And I have I think it would just be easier for me to spend another 30, 35 bucks for another body with a shoe on it and then be able to work with that.
1: Joseph, are you, are you on the UP? You're in UP. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Here's what we're going to do. I am ju- I just brought home. I'm not sure you're aware but I'm, I, I have about a thousand cameras right now that I'm <laughs> trying to get out of boxes, but I, yeah. uh, yesterday I brought home two boxes of Argus C3s, C fours, A threes, C forty four R's, and I'll send you one.
0: Oh yeah, there's a very good chance one of those is in that box, Paul. This is this is what you want to look for. It, it looks yeah. the viewfinder it looks like that. So it's it's got a a little door that flips down, so you could use it for the hundred millimeter too, mm-hmm. or if you take the door off, it's the wide angle one. But yep. it uses a clip. That you can see how it grips around the opening for the uh, rangefinder window. So, Paul, if you have one of those, that's what he needs. Yeah, I
1: don't. I, I have the I have the viewfinder, but it's the the shoe model. Okay. But uh, Joseph, if you want, I'll be glad to. I'll, I'll send you a camera. Oh yeah, that has a shoe on it. I mean, I I'll give you. I'll give it to you if you want it.
7: Oh, yeah. I'll I'll take it.
1: Okay. Are you on? or do you follow us on the Facebook group?
7: Oh, uh, I-, I can.
1: Well, if you're on IG or Discord, mm-hmm. just go to there and, and get, send me a message and give me your address, um,
7: and I'll ship it out to you. All right. Thank you. I'll find yeah, a right. nice one. No, I appreciate it. That saves me a little bit of trouble, a little bit of trouble. Yeah,
0: and it, it's worth it. I've talked about that lens before. It's a German lens. It's made by Enowork. The optics are excellent, and it to me, it just transforms that camera because um, I, I love the Argus C3s. I love a lot of the Argus cameras. Uh, but obviously the viewfinder is tiny, you know, and, and it, it can be restrictive when trying to peer through that tiny viewfinder, but getting a wider angle lens with a much larger viewfinder, it just, it to me makes that camera so much more fun to shoot. So, and yeah. like you said, the images, it makes are really sharp. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else?
7: I guess the only other thing that I've been kind of getting my feelers out for is that as I've gotten the P uh, M42 adapter for my Minolta coming in the mail, is that I'm also looking at adapting DKL lenses from the retina series. And I've been having my eye on the, um, the Schneider 51.9.
1: Yeah. uh, Joseph, that's a great lens.
7: Yes. The adapters
1: are, the adapters are horrible, right? Oh Yeah. The adapters are, the adapters are diabolical. I mean, you get the lenses on. You can't get the lenses
0: off. The Chinese ones are really, really bad. But I yeah. think y- y- Young Nuo, there's at least one company that makes a really good decal adapter. But it's like 150, 160 bucks. Yeah, it's.
1: I I've had those, and they they were they do work better. But that 51.9 is the best decal lens I think ever made. Yep,
0: yeah, yeah. it's super sharp.
1: What do I have, Mike? I've got one on a a. Uh, do I have one on the Graflex, the graphic?
0: Um, that is a DKL mount also, yeah. but it is. I have, it's, a, it's, I have one
1: on the graphic jet or not the jet. It's the it's other not one. Not the
0: jet. It's the other one. Yeah, it that yeah. is, um, that's the Iloco one. It is DKL mount, but it's right. similar to the, the Faultlander Basimatic, where it's DKL, but it's their specific flavor of it. So for anybody who doesn't know, DKL is uh, short for Decl. Uh Decal made the Compour shutters. And in the 60s, in Germany, the, the Germans wanted to hold on to leaf shutters as, as long as possible, partially because Zeiss had a controlling interest in Deckel. So they wanted to use as many of those shutters as possible and as many cameras as possible, which is why if you look at the Western um, German camera industry, so many cameras continue to use leaf shutters. Um, once they came out with the ability to have interchangeable lenses, Comper or Dekel made their own mount for it. And people have just nicknamed it the DKL mount. So the Kodak Retina Reflex, which is a German Kodak, is made in Stuttgart. Paul mentioned the Graflex, which is actually, I think, uh, Iloka, I, I think, made those. Fotlander Braun, I think. I think I, the Braun packset, I think, uses it. There's a few. In fact, there's a couple Soviet cameras. The Zenit 4, 5, and 6 use a Soviet version of the Deckel mount. And even though they're all the same, they all have little notches that they put in the physical flange that make them incompatible. So to mount a Foatlander lens on a Kodak or vice versa, you can't do it unless you grind away a tiny piece of metal, uh, which is super frustrating. But thankfully, those adapters usually don't have any of the notches, so you could, you could usually adapt them. But like what Paul's saying is they're, they're very poorly built part of the reason is unlike most interchangeable SLR lenses, which have the diaphragm control on the lens with the DKL mount cameras, the diaphragm control is in the camera. So the lens itself does not have an aperture ring. There's, like if you look, if you have, do you have a Schneider one Joseph? Do yeah. Yeah. I'm
7: still looking for it for a good price on one.
0: You could find a lot for some reason, those lenses are often dinged people tend to yes. drop them a
7: lot you so I've if, if all that. you all you
0: care about is the optics look for a dinged one you'll pay significantly less
7: I've got a couple um on my eBay watch list right now yeah I'm just I've sent a, out a couple offers and a couple bids for certain ones because I have a, a friend of mine adapts decal for hit on his Minolta as well
0: find out what adapter he used
7: he sent me the link to the exact exact adapter okay. that he used so if he's comfortable with that one i think then i should be fine all
0: right well sweet yeah that's great you know yeah. um cool i actually have a schneider 19 in my alpha so it's kind of interesting well, that's a wait hold that up again that's a very strange combination you have a schneider 19 in alp is it an alpa mount or did you just use an adapter
14: no it's Alpha mount this is a native one and it actually oh, wow. it matches the uh the camera they have that kind of shampoo finish, I guess would be the term. So that's the only alpha I've ever seen that has a matching,
0: a truly matching wow. lens and that body. Is, so. is that a seven? Six. It's a 6A. 6, six. Eight. A six, six eight.
14: okay. That's the one I sent off to uh to, Radu to have uh, repaired an R3 camera months, like a, a year ago, I guess. And uh I, I finally got it back a while ago. and I, I shot with it like once. But it's been good? Since then.
0: <laughs> yeah. We've talked about Radu a couple times. He does great work. I mean, he's the yeah. only guy... In the United States or North America, I would trust with either an Alpa, a Tessina. What else did he specialize in, Paul? Robot. Robot, yeah. He does the robots. It's just he's so swamped. Um, he can be very difficult to get a hold of. And when you do, sometimes it takes him a while. But yeah, um, I've I've he did my contacts one and uh it's been great. And I know Paul, you've had some stuff done by him. I know Ira Cohen uses him a lot and uh he does great work. Yeah, because when I sent him
14: this, in, it had uh, the shutter was clapping really bad, and he he was able to fix that. I guess it just needed sort of a CLA, but there was a bunch of dust in the viewfinder. He got that out. He even replaced the uh, the clutch spring on the the film advance knob, and he said that. And I thought ah, that's that sounds a little dodgy, but if he says so, I'll, I'll I'll trust him. And I got it back, and it does. It's much firmer because before, if you if you were kind of advancing it and you let off, it would snap back, and now it just kind of like stays in place. So there was something to that as well. So. He did cool. pretty good work for you know what it cost and everything. It Did take a little while, but I guess that's the price of uh, working with somebody who's hyper specialized like yeah, that.
0: Definitely. Well, thanks for uh, sharing your stuff with us, Joseph. I'm glad to see another person appreciating the Argus's. Uh, AJ, I uh, yeah, there you go. I, I've we've talked a couple times. Um, I see a horseman on the shelf behind you um i i called out at the top of the show how much stuff you have behind you and 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 please believe me i mean that in the most complimentary way possible because you guys you guys can't see the floor um
9: <laughs> i yeah i have uh I, I don't have a, a, as big a collection as most of you there i only started actually collecting uh during the pandemic as a matter of fact i i i work for the largest retailer here in quebec in the province uh, and i'm a teacher so I teach photography mostly to newbies, you know, uh, digital photography and so on. But I st- I was lucky because when I was a kid, uh, six, seven years old, that's when I was actually introduced to photography. So if you actually look right, if I could get my finger, that camera right there is the first model Minolta that my dad let me steal from his um, camera bag when I was about seven or eight years old. And then obviously I got into digital photography. But now I've gone way back to, uh, and like Bill, Uh, you mentioned uh, Collodion. Well, I'm not there yet. I'm not at the wet plate, but I found a guy in Slovenia who does dry plates. I've actually ordered three boxes. So I've got, I've already got 10, 10, 20 more on the way. So I'm going to do some dry plate. Awesome. Uh, If you look back here, I have this is my baby four by five. It's a Nagaoka, uh, which is a Japanese company that existed, I believe. Uh, from seventy-one or from seventy to eighty-one, and that's serial number thirty-five that I kind of inherited from a member of a photo club I was part of in the two thousands. That horseman—it's not one of the cameras I was going to show you today, but since you saw it, I it's have no so idea. So distinct looking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's it's a view camera. Actually, it's a press camera, not a view camera. It's a press camera, and as a matter of fact, it has a Tokyo Kogaku. Top core 10.5 Top centimeter f 3.5 and believe it or not the retailer that i work for as being one of the more knowledgeable um members of the of the staff we started buying we had we have a it's a it a, a convention that we usually have once a year which during the pandemic we had to stop which came back this year was the first year we brought it back where we started purchasing uh used or old vintage film equipment. And, um, about three years ago, they had film backs exactly like my four by five, but much smaller. Like I'm talking, I think it's two and a half by three and a half. And I like, I'd never seen these film backs before. So I told, I said, I purchased, she had about 15 four by five film backs, I said, I shoot four by five. So I'll, I'll purchase them from you and I'll throw in that box of those smaller ones and Maybe one day I'll find a camera. And one of my buddies at work gave me this camera as recompense for developing. I think he had given me about maybe 12 rolls of film 120 and 35, uh, that he had gone on vacation to, back to France to see his parents. So I developed and he gave me this camera. And now I have the film back. Now the only problem is I can't find the sheet film. So I'm debating, yeah. and maybe you guys can. I'm debating whether I should start cutting up some 120 to fit in the film backs
0: kodak sold it as two and a quarter by three and a quarter oh it's um, two and a
9: quarter three and a quarter okay
0: that's well that's what kodak called it if you get it from a european company it's six by nine okay. i have an unopened pack of panatomic x no here way from it's my favorite film this is august 1941 okay so it's unlikely this is any good even though panatomic has a long shelf life but finding fresh viable Two by three film is is very difficult. Very difficult.
2: I, eh? Ilford does that every year though, where yeah, you once have a the year, unusual,
9: yeah, right. the
0: specialty sale. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, then mm. I have to keep. That's exactly what I was going to recommend. I had heard there was a Chinese company making two by three, but I, I keep hearing about this fictitious, supposed Chinese company making two by three, but I can't actually find any evidence that they either exist or still do it. So, um, I was going to make that same recommendation to Theo for checking out Ilford.
9: Because I've checked, I mean, the lens, everything works. Everything's clean. There's no fog. There's, there's, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful little, I mean, compared to even to my four by five, uh, it, it's a much smaller format footprint.
1: Um, AJ, I wasn't, I I had stepped away. What brand is that a Lenhof or a horseman?
9: No, this is, this what? is a horseman.
1: Why don't you just get a horseman back and put on it? horseman rollback? Oh, I never thought of that. I mean, that's the simplest thing to do. Horseman has
9: has has a one twenty roll roll. Uh, back yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I I have two horseman convertibles really on hand okay. right now. Both of them have the six by nine back.
9: Oh, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna have to find it. Well, because yeah. talking about six by nine. Now, I also have. Uh, we were talking about Bronicas before. I have the SQ, um, the SQAI, and the problem with the bloody thing. I took out on vacation this year to see my family, and it's a heavy, heavy beast. And I've always wanted to shoot three two. On 120, knowing that that's just six by nine. So again, with the pandemic, we usually have a, a camera swap uh, convention here uh, that's organized in the in the in the spring and in the fall. And they brought it back this fall, and I got this baby not three weeks ago. It's a Voigtlander it's a Bessa. Bessa One. Yep, literally Mint. impeccable. I mean, it's it's clean. I even have. Where did I put it? I have the leather case. It's just missing the neck strap. Uh, I shot my first. I finished my first film this weekend. So next weekend, the weekend coming up here, I'm going to be uh, developing it to see. There's no. There were no light leaks in the in the in the, and it shoots six forty five and six by nine.
3: You have the
1: mask. And you got the mask. Yes. Huh. The mask I... is the hardest thing. Those masks sell separately for one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars. You don't want to know what I what I paid this. <laughs> Honest
9: to God, you don't want to know. And I'm talking Canadian, not US. Okay, cost me all of
2: fifty bucks. Oh, that's a buy. <laughs> okay, those Bessa those those Besser ones are great. I I wrote about mine for a while and uh, a while back, and the results from it are just They are really nice. They're, really? they're they're really good functional camera. I uh, can't and, wait. Yeah, I I really enjoyed using it.
10: Uh, that uh arista edu makes two and a quarter three and a quarter film and you can get it from freestyle it's in california but oh really okay yeah i buy it from them are, are you on the okay,
8: discord you're gonna get dinged on the shipping though yeah. well know, but, yeah you know,
9: that's that, that's the part stuff. of the game i guess right <laughs> it's fun to shoot it native
6: once or twice <laughs> yeah, just I just would love to try it
9: and 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 see what I can get out of it.
6: And AJ, just to confirm too, Ilford does have that size film with their uh, special uh, program. I'm looking at it now. They got HB five. They got oh FB4. really? Or yeah, it's only once a year, and I think it's around the August timeframe. Okay. I've never ordered anything through it, but if you go into Ilford's website, you can get to the okay. list. Okay. So- I'll do that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Guys.
10: They get it every year at Freestyle too. They buy some of it. You can buy it directly from them, but they're always out of stock except right around August. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll keep that in mind.
9: Another one of my uh since I've been back, been getting back into um film photography, my uh store manager had this baby here. A Leica 3F. Uh 19 This one I, I I went the serial number dates back to 1954. Uh, the best. Uh, the serial number, dates to 1952.
0: Um, it's a later, my... That's a later F2 because it has the delayed action timer. Okay, like yeah. See, the self-timer.
9: It doesn't have, obviously, it doesn't have the Leica lens. It's got a Russian lens on it or a Czech. I don't know if it's Czech or no, it's a Russian lens. It's a 50 millimeter. Um, I the can't Indistar. remember what the name is. Pardon?
0: The Indistar, probably.
9: Yeah, with the little red character on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but I honestly, I've been shooting this for the last three years. I love I love this camera.
0: Those indistars stars are fine. I mean, the, it's uh, they, they suffer from sample variation. But if you have a, a decent copy that's in nice shape, the indistars um are very comparable to the Elmar. I, yeah. I don't know that you would notice a difference in the images it'll make.
9: Because I did at the same pl- the same kiosk where I got the Bessa, um, he had a 50 millimeter Leica. I think it was a one four. Is it a what could it have been a one four or one, one five? Two? One, five. one yeah. five. And I mean it was going for like crazy you know, money. Yeah. Just crazy yeah. money. And um,
0: chances chances are the lens coating was probably compromised on it. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that there's a, a like what is that a summerit? I don't even I can't get summer on. I, I think summer, 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 yeah, right? yeah, Simaret, it's
1: summeron. yeah. Summerit's Simaret. a one yeah.
8: yeah. I don't think I don't know that there's
0: convention's dumb. Yeah, I don't I don't know that any of them exist that have completely nice lens coatings unless somebody's redone it somehow okay they were very
1: soft coatings on yeah. that lens but it, it's a it's still a very good lens it's just yeah,
9: it's
13: yeah. Just a...
9: so far like just with the with the lens as is this, i just i love the results for it for it very cool um now as as i was telling you you know my a lot of my family were doing photography in the 70s and of course my dad was more minolta and my mom's little brother who's my mentor in photography uh, here and 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 still around his last film camera at the time was a Nikon F3 which i found and i have i don't have it here here with me but in one of my bags yeah. i have the
0: the high eye point finder
9: view the waist finder uh, okay. the waist level viewfinder and i have the hp the this HP, is the yeah. uh, the high point Yep. Uh, and I, you know, I, I just love it. I've got a 24 on the here. I've got the 50. I've got a 105. And Uncle's been after me for three years now to get this camera in, in his yeah. hands.
5: If there's one lens you should get for it, yeah. the uh, Nikkor O 35mm F2. Nikkor O? I have that mounted on my F pretty much semi-permanently now.
14: Oh,
9: really?
5: Any condition, any condition you can put this at, bright, sunny day, barely any light, like candlelight, high contrast, low contrast. This is the lens, and okay. they're going for good price nowadays. So fantastic! That's the Nikkor 35 F two. Just get one okay. in AI. You won't be disappointed. Fantastic!
0: And that's an F three, so you can still get the non AI
5: lenses too for that. Yeah, but it'll still work. That's a good point. You can stop down meter with that. You'll save a little bit of money.
9: I mean, they're a little heavier than what I'm used to using, but hey, listen, you know what can I say? And my four by five, this this baby over here. Anytime I get to you, anytime I I've got a this is a two ten, uh, Schneider. Um, I
0: was going to ask what lens that was.
9: That's the 210. I use this one mainly for portrait. Um, it's the Symar's S uh, 5.6. I also have a, I have the Schneider 90. And I also have a Kodak, which I had uh, an extra 127 uh, because my first 4x5 was actually a Graflex, a Crown Graphics Graflex. I'm hoping that I have, I still have my, I don't know if maybe you guys can tell me. I'm hoping that my I kept the uh graphmatic uh film holder, which allows me to put uh, eight for. I haven't tried it yet on the on the Naga, Nagaoka. um. But I'm hoping this might. The graphmatics
0: are neat. The the way that they advance the film. Yeah. Cool.
1: They're it's relatively cool. foolproof too. I mean, they're they rarely. Uh, yeah. As long as you've got all the septums in there, it's. Uh, they don't give you much trouble.
9: So for the, for the wet, not the wet plate, but for the dry plate, I, I, I got the Hebrew four by five. So I'm going to try his, uh, dry plates. Uh, I, it's just, I've reached a point where, you know, I've been digital photography. I've been doing it since 2004, since my wife bought me my first Minolta 7D. And, um, this is the year that I decided no more contracts. I want to do photography for myself. I, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of doing photography for everybody else the way everybody else wants to see it. Uh, I want to do my stuff, and when I start, and 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 Bill, I don't know if you've and on Instagram, there's a um, guy in BC, Asian Bill. Also, oh, his how, name, first name is Bill. How, how? Yes, have you yeah, seen his camera? Holy jeez, yeah, unbelievable! When I saw the size of that camera, I'm like, oh my god, my wife would absolutely murder me. The fact that he has
6: <laughs> a roaming dark room in a voyager bus holy geez he built that himself it's quite impressive quite impressive for your for your dry plate uh do you have the holders the 3d printed holders yeah that's exactly
9: that's that's this one here um and this is the new one the dual holder yeah that's great i can load two on here on either side right perfect and the nagaoka has enough play because it's, it's it is a thick i mean it's a good if it's not a if it's not an inch it's at least seven eighths of an inch thick like i said i, I mean i can't wait to, to 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 put my first plate which will probably be either this weekend or or or, or uh, next week that i'll start doing that hey aj yes
11: I just wanted to say um my wife bought some of those uh dry plates and yeah she shot some we uh went to a wedding and she shot the the bride and groom uh with those dry plates and they came out just gorgeous they have this fantastic tiny, deep blue almost blue tan sort of mixture patina to it okay it's really cool and i i was holding up holding this up this is one that i shot of my wife nice but and uh, just let me that's a positive or a negative that's a positive okay
9: that's so it is possible to do the positive
11: yeah yeah Oh just, yes i think one of the uh the chemicals you have to have is some sodium thiosulfate or something like that to that's
9: correct Nope. I can't really? remember what Okay because he doesn't mention that it, he did he did a, view, uh, a guide video on on his site and I didn't notice that I thought it was just I thought he was double exposing it mm. but okay so all right but that's what I want to get to
11: Yeah no just the direct uh, development made it into a positive
5: Okay another thing you could do is yeah. if you um have like a dry plate and I I know the one you showed there was on tin it looks like a tin type I believe um yeah. what happens is the highlights in that are not actually Uh, white they're kind of gray Mm -hmm. and against the black substrate of that tin it appears as a positive uh that's how they used to do the amber types uh wet plate they would have the actual uh glass well it would be it would look like a negative if you have transmitted light but if you mount it on like black velvet or black paper it appears as a positive so that's another thing you could try doing if you have a developer um like deck i know works for this that turns the actual silver halides into a kind of shiny ish silver when you develop it you can actually mount it against black paper okay. uh, and it looks like a, a positive it's called auto reversal
9: i know he said he calls this process a reversal a direct reversal process but i'll check it again and, and 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 see if i can contact him and find out what his process is but thanks guys i appreciate it
0: we've uh, had a lot of requests for uh, a show focusing on like plates and large format and um We've been reluctant to do it um, for lack of people who who could intelligently speak about it. But it would seem that we have quite a few of you guys that would be awesome for that. So
9: you got to give me a few weeks. Give me a few weeks. Definitely get Mario.
0: (laughs) Bill. Yeah. Awesome. I'm game. One person hasn't spoken yet. Mark, uh, you were you jumped in after we got started. Um, You've been on the show once before, right?
15: Yeah. um, With the East German cameras that's right yep mark welcome back thank you um i guess i could show my latest and greatest right here is the uh yashica yeah, 44 um i know my lighting went out a little bit so i'm going to try to push this up a little bit but um it's with the 127 millimeter millimeter film which has been a little bit of a struggle to find but nevertheless i did manage to do that um is one of those estate sales a little bit um, with the skin here? I am going to replace that in a couple of days from camera skin. Morgan is sending me out something that's hopefully the same shade of grade as this. Uh, I was a little bit surprised. I didn't. I, I thought I'd have to put a little bit more effort, a little bit more work into this, but um, I did test it out and it works fine. I mean, it's a great camera, great little camera. Yeah. I just um, I'm into TLRs and I just kind of wanted to change it up a little bit with um, this version. I was. Hoping to get the Baby Roller Flex and the person I was buying it from at the very last moment told me that the, sh- there was some issues with the shutter speeds and didn't really feel comfortable selling it to me. So this is kind of what I ended up with here. Yeah, the the
0: 40, yeah I couldn't agree more. It, that is every bit as good as the Baby rolly I've bought leather from Morgan before at CameraLeather.com. His, his stuff is good, um, e- equal to uh, Hugo Studio and Aki Asahi. Uh, who I, I don't know is, is shipping still. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I would encourage you to keep looking for 127. It is out there. But Mark, that Yashica 44 is one of the easiest cameras to adapt to 35 millimeter. All, I have a I explain how it's done in my article on my site. But yeah. you, you, you only need to do two things. The first is you do need to remove one of the rollers. It's just held in by two screws. So what I do is I back off the screws, take the roller out, put the screws back in the holes so you don't lose them. Just save the roller because you will need it again for 127. But then all you do, actually, I guess three things. Uh, Then you just stick in the cassette. Uh, You can wind the 35 millimeter directly onto a 127 spool. And then you just use pennies or washers to center the cassette in the film chamber. A, A normal 35 millimeter cassette fits perfectly in there. It just because it, it it wants to wiggle side to side, so you just stick pennies in to center it. Um, and then you the third thing is you have to use tape to cover the red window, since okay. you know, thirty five millimeter has no backing paper, you get light leaks. But you can shoot a full on sprocket rocket, you know, slightly panoramic images, um, on normal thirty five millimeter using that camera. Um, and then if you want to go back to one twenty seven, it's really easy to do. Yeah, there's um, you can get
2: a uh, rarer pan uh yeah. film which that's is 127 and also shanghai also has the gp3 yeah. now i've heard i've never used shanghai myself but i've heard some mixed reports on the quality people of complain
0: film. about the backing paper is really poor and it does a, die transfer under the film i've heard a lot of complaints about that I, I don't know if that's all their films or just specific ones but uh i've, I've shot the rear pan that theo mentioned a number of times and it's very good mm. Yeah, I think the Shanghai GP3 was actually discontinued a couple of years ago. Was it? Okay, that
14: I'm might be sure, why. Because you still see it floating around, but I'm pretty sure it's just back stock. But yeah, okay. I, I'm pretty sure it was discontinued around like 2014 ish.
0: And for anybody listening, if you like doing hacks, uh, a, a third alternative for 127 is something that I've done. Some companies made a bunch of 46 millimeter bulk film. It was used in a lot of like student cameras. Um, You can sometimes find 100-foot rolls of it on eBay, but 46 millimeter is the exact width of 127 film. So unfortunately, it does require a dark room. You have to cut a strip of film to the same length as 127, and ideally you need a spool of used 127 so that you can reuse the backing paper. But if you're clever enough and you have a few old, like let's say you shoot a roll of rear pan and you're done with it, save the spool, save the backing paper. If you can find some bulk 46 millimeter film, you can start cutting your own film and just, you got to do it in darkness, of course, but you just tape a strip of it back to the backing paper. Um, and then you can shoot usually color, you know, it's because rear pan's black and white. But that's yet another alternative if you like uh, finagling with custom film formats in a dark room. One of the things that surprised me
15: with uh, with this camera is I actually was able to use, Um, it's easier to scan images. For some reason, the fittings were addressed to 127 as opposed to when I use 120 film. Sometimes it could be a little bit of a challenge to scan that in. So this was yeah. fairly easy and I was a little bit surprised yeah. just how simplistic it was.
0: The image quality is really, really good.
15: Yeah, no complaints there.
0: Marcy, did you say something?
13: No, I was just going to, we were talking about 127 and 35 millimeter, and there's a, a funky imperial plastic camera, the Delta, and you can pop a 35 millimeter um, cartridge right in that. It takes 127, but you just tape it and then tape the red on the back, and it, it shoots, it'll it shoot right over the sprockets. It's really cool. I love it. I've had a few of them. They pass through my hands, but Very cool. 35, so yeah.
1: What we holding up, Paul? My Polaroid Snap Touch.
8: I had one of those. Those are those are great. It's like one megapixel.
1: Oh no, no. These are this is like 16. This is uh this is the zinc camera.
8: Yeah, it, it also backs up onto like an SD card and it's like one right. megapixel. Micro card.
1: It. But this came from Kurt. So you got an instant thermal print. It's like 15 cents a print. But uh no, I just I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just shooting a picture of what I was doing here.
0: Paul took a picture of the Zoom call and just showed us, like, live as it was developing. That's pretty (laughs) neat. That is.
1: And it stores it in the camera. So if I want more pictures, I can...
0: That's neat. It's in color, too. Yeah. It's a nice little camera. The other cool
8: thing about those is they're they're also stickers, because you can take the backing paper off, and it just...
0: Wow.
1: Or you can make photo booth. You can put uh, four pictures on each one of the little sheets. It's a cool little camera. And uh, before I forget, Greg, your Uh lines. Yep. Your lens came. Yep, just got it today. Greg is uh Greg, what did what did I send you? Well, you sent me quite a few things, but this, today
16: uh, today this is so this is one of I think this is probably the first Canon F- autofocus autofocus lens that they came out with probably what, in the early 80s, probably 80, 82, 83 maybe. Yeah, it's a 35 to 70. You we shot Canon F1s in the Navy. I never had one of these, but uh, I just thought it was really cool because kind of goes with my digital, my early digital stuff. You know, it's an early attempt at autofocus on a film camera. I got another lens, lens here I want to show you guys, though. I just bought, I was at the, um, I went to uh, Dan's auction, you know, the uh, Leica auction he has. Oh, boy. And, um Nothing I could afford on the Leica in there. (laughs) But he had, uh, you know, I collect military cameras, and he had this. This is an LCAN, is it, 6-inch lens that was used on a military KE-28 aerial camera. So it shot um, 70-millimeter film, and this was made specifically for the Air Force and the Navy. It's this beautiful piece of glass, which is made by um, Lights Out of Canada, who made all kinds of specialty government only cameras and lenses and stuff most of them for the navy but the reason i bought this one i bought just the lens i wanted the camera but the camera got too out of my price range i don't know if you guys can read that on there that sticker it says um naval air rework facility norfolk virginia which is where i work and it just it just it's just absolute proof that this was a navy-owned lens at one point in one of the squadrons down here in norfolk and it's dated uh april of 74. Wow, that is awesome!
0: I, I can see the lens coating through the zoom call. That's gorgeous.
16: I would love to figure out how to mount it. Although the only thing I think I could mount this on would be like a lens board and maybe shoot it on a uh, a view camera. Yeah, I don't I'd know like how that. I would ever get this on anything other than that.
1: Well, there's no focusing. Is there? Is there an aperture ring?
16: No, like there okay. there is an aperture down here on the bottom. Okay, you can. All right, down. so it's
1: it's like the Aero Ektars in the sense that it has an f stop. But no focusing capability.
16: Yeah, no focusing because it's a it's designed to be an aerial lens, so it's set for infinity. So you shoot it out of like a helicopter or an airplane. I got one more camera that Paul sent
0: Paul's been my nemesis here recently, but try doing a podcast with him.
1: Yeah,
16: the it's the combat graphic, <laughs> and of course I had to have it to go with my military cameras. But um, it's uh we haven't quite figured out if it's a civilian version or actually a military version because it's in really really good shape. You had two of those, right, Paul?
0: Yeah, the but
1: the other one isn't the other one isn't right. The one that Greg has has the focusing yeah. wheel and the cam on the lens is connected. Yeah. The, the other one I have doesn't have the right lens on it, so it doesn't have the cam that uh, you can turn the wheel to focus.
5: You can actually tell if that's the uh, military version versus the civilian version because the military version will have um, little holes in it for where the the uh, U.S. government property plaque yeah. is right or here. was. Yep. So yeah that was a military version that somebody repainted because i know a lot of the civilian ones were um delivered from the factory red painted
1: i think that might have come from the department of the interior
5: i've seen a lot of these too in
16: od green you know that yes they were that incredible.
5: was the contract color yeah olive wow. drab number three
16: yep so just a cool camera
5: i wish
10: i had one of those
16: <laughs> you know what's funny about this is he it came, it came with a flash which i think is almost insane if you think about it being a combat camera I don't know where you (laughs) use a flash in the field. Maybe it, you know, unless you want to get shot. So
5: No, what happened was, and I know this because I have a a ground camera C3, which is the Army version, the Signal Corps version of the Graflex speed graphic. And mine was used during World War II. And it has a um, Graflex synchronizer bracket on the side. And what happened was that wasn't used for combat. Right before World War II, the U.S. government mandated that all official army photographs all file photographs had to be taken on four by five film so that was for something like
16: yeah like a ceremony or something like, like that a
5: ceremony or something yeah. although if it's just like a medal being presented they wouldn't do four by five because that's an unofficial photograph they use a kodak 35 for that Right. um but stuff around a base or whatever um it's probably for the da
14: photo like the official photo they take of everything yeah like that. that
5: the, the synchronizer guy. abuse for that correct yeah um and a lot of times the you know, of course, these cameras, the ground camera C3 would be a, uh, a whole outfit in a footlocker. And they wouldn't, you know, make combat cameras and base cameras. So they just gave those all around.
16: I want to say one other thing, too. You guys were talking about Bronica earlier. Um, I, I don't have it up here, but I have a we shot Bronica in the Navy. That's what I learned on in the 80s. And I love that camera, the ETRS and ETRSI's. I have the whole kit out back that the Navy had. It has the 120, the 220, the 70 millimeter back the motor drive the 40 the 75 i'm trying to remember what the longer lens was i want to say it was like a 90 or 100 millimeter 100 millimeter 100 millimeter macro and then it came with this oddball lens i always thought it was a piece of garbage it was like a 150 to 250 zoom for that veronica
14: what specific model was that just out of curiosity
16: we shot the etrs and you know there was a and then there was an intermingling of etrs eyes in there from time to time but um
14: I was just wondering because I've seen some around. I, I went to um what, the air base in Houston and they had all their old cameras saved in the PAO office and they had a Veronica. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly what type it was, but I opened it up. It had the motor drive and I opened it up and batteries had been sitting in there for like 30 years. So it was like melting. Yeah. And I was like, you oh, know, figures, but and they had a couple other kind of interesting ones, but I was surprised they'd saved them all because usually they get like, you know, stolen or dermoed or something so
16: yeah but i mean most of that stuff's gone these days you know once we went to digital everybody just dumped all that stuff so you you better see it
10: yeah that's a fun camera to use i've got i've got both of those
16: everybody wanted a Hasselblad because those were the cream to la cream of uh, medium format cameras, but the, the Bronica held up just fine. I mean, it was a beautiful camera and those lenses are really, really good. They're sharp corner to corner. Yeah. They were the scrappier company.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of people that have used Bronica seem to have really like them and, and I had great results from the one I shot too, but it like nobody repairs them. So like how, like what happened with Bronica that caused them to fall out of favor? Was it just like, everybody learned Hasselblad and just didn't want to learn Bronica or like, Mike,
1: I don't think they ever really fell out of favor. They, they were, they were not an enthusiast market. They were a pro market. Okay, Like wedding photographers really loved them. The ETRs were great for wedding photographers because they had leaf shutters and they were also a 645. So they enlarged to an eight by 10, you know, and for, for professionals, they were great. The, the 645 Mamiya, was 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 also used by some wedding photographers, but it was more of an enthusiast camera, um, you know, amateur serious amateurs uh, and that like, and not really so much professional. But the ETRs they were they were an excellent camera and very well, you know, and, and they can still be repaired. It's just uh, there are not as many people to repair. Them. I gotcha. And there are people there. There isn't anyone like Bill Rogers, yeah, you know, who does who specializes in Bronica. But they're really pretty trouble-free, too.
0: Because like I said earlier, my S2 works great. Other than the issue with the foam, it, it's caused my ground glass to go out of, out of sync with the film plane. So everything I shoot comes out blurry.
1: No, S2s, you're right. But S2s are easy to repair. I mean, they're just strictly mechanical. When you get into the ETRSs and the GS1s and SQs, then you're into electronics. Yeah.
10: And they get worn. There's a lot of them that would wear the gears on the backs, would wear because they'd use them so much in weddings.
1: That, and, and, uh, you know, the, the other thing is that they were shooting w- when Kodak came out with T Max films. T Max films are thicker. Yeah. And that put a lot more wear cameras really weren't made designed to use, uh, T Max film. They were meant for thin emulsion films, thin base films. Um, uh, so that, that also created some wear. We're
0: going to have to yell at Robert Chambers for that one.
1: <laughs> it's his fault
0: this one this gs1 as far as i can tell works but the thing that got, has me most excited because i like wide wide angles this has the uh the 50 the 50 millimeter oh yeah so the lens cap is like a coaster I those are they, beasts
16: i think they made a uh, fish eye lens for that veronica too didn't they paul
0: yeah they made
1: yeah. a 30
16: yeah, it was thirty. Okay, really wide. It's amazing, amazing. Lens.
1: I mean, a dizzying array
0: of lenses for those cameras. Yeah, they did. Yeah,
16: and, and you know, those early ones had the Nikon lenses on them, which were really cool.
0: Yeah. Right, that's why I like my S two is it's a, it's a Nikkor lens. You know, we we talked um, about you know the lack of night. You know, Nippon Kukaku never really got in a medium format. Bob Rodoloni's been on, and we talked about how. When they were researching building the first Nikon rangefinder, they had plans to make a TLR and scrapped it because they couldn't find a leaf shutter sufficient enough to, um, you know, up to their standards. So they ended up going with the Nikon. It was just called the Nikon back then. But, um, you know, it, there really was never an official Nikon medium format camera, yet Nikkor lenses have been found on IRAs. TLRs, uh, they're obviously on the Bronicas. So, like, if you wanted to know what it's like to shoot Nikkor glass in medium format, there's no better option than an early Bronica. Plus, they're just gorgeous. I mean, those are so pretty. They they remind me of like a '50s automobile with all the chrome. You know, it just if you get one in cosmetically nice shape, seeing that chrome glistening uh, next to the black leather is is mesmerizing.
10: Or I just found something fun: two by three
1: graphmatic. Yeah, th- those, are, uh, those are not too useful. But uh <laughs> I
10: know I use a film back on mine. <laughs>
1: yeah.
5: Oh, I have here the what predates that. This is the um, film cut film magazine here.
10: Film bag, bag mag. I got one of those. Yeah, nice the bag one.
5: mag. These things, if you ever used one of these, are so, so <laughs> finicky. and Well, septums. Yeah, with the septa in them. The button to remove the back of them here is on the side, right where you hold it. And if you press that, ejects all the film so they really improved upon that with the graphmatic i'll say although this is convenient to shoot 12 shots immediately of uh of three by four i actually have about 10 10 four by five ones i use them a lot Mm -hmm.
0: well we have had a tremendous show uh i've loved hearing all your guys' stuff um i believe it or not had brought some guests i wanted to share with you guys uh maybe I'll talk about another show, but the, the one that I do have to mention is I'm um, really looking forward to shooting this camera. This is called a National graphlax. It Wonderful. was um, Graflex's first attempt at a 120 roll film camera. Um, it's like a miniaturized version of some of the bigger ones with the waist level hood. But um, the, the reason I'm bringing it up since it came up is that this has a Bausch & Lam Tessar lens on it too. I don't think it's going to show up, but uh, it's, a, it's, it's the, the ring says B&L Tessar IC F3.5 Graflex Rochester USA. So um, this one's in great shape. I've actually test fired the shutter and it is firing. So I, seeing that it fired at, at, at all, um, I just stopped and I'm like, all right, I'm going to put a couple or at least a roll of film in here and see if I can get any shots on it. Um, if I can at least get even a mirror selfie out of this, maybe I can write a review of it or at least say I shot one of these. But Do you have the telephoto lens for it? Do you have the tele lens? No, I don't have any other than what you see here, just the base they made lens. Another lens for it. Yeah, did they? That
10: ring pops off to the top. You push up on that flange and it pops off.
0: Oh, really? Okay. I didn't even know it was interchangeable. Yeah, it comes right off. It's like it's just like a C clamp. I got gotcha. you. You got to
5: be careful of the door too, because you see the door has the little lugs on it.
0: I, you either have to have the shutter cocked or not cocked. I can't remember, but the door won't shut unless the shutter is set sa- specific. Yeah, cocked then.
5: Kind of like You the... make them
0: real easy that way. Like the, the Rolly 35, our favorite camera to talk about that camera. You can't collapse the lens unless the shutter's cocked also. But one more piece. We talk about gas all the time. And I always ask you guys to share with us your gas, but us, even though like we're, you know, the hosts and I'm saying that in air quotes, uh, we're just the guys who are in every episode of this show. We, we are not immune to gas. And after the Ashika episode, um, even though we didn't spend a lot of time talking about it, it reminded me of one Yashika camera that I've just wanted for so long. And I just said, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to go get one. But I ended up with the, uh, the Yashica Nikka um, after Yashika took over Nikka. So it is, it is engraved Yashika YF, but it still has the Nikka plate on it. Um, but this is their last, very last interchangeable lens. It's, you know, like a thread mount range finder. It's got the film advance lever. It's got the Leica M3 style door on the back. So even though it's a bottom loader, you can swing the door down to be able to see the film plane, inspect the shutter. Uh, cosmetically, this camera is in great shape. The viewfinder is clear. The range finder works. Very minor vertical error, but um, not a big deal. The shutter fires, but it does have pinholes. So um, Paul had recommended um alan at camera Works, um in latham new york so i'm gonna i've already contacted him he said it's a shutter he can re- repair so i'm gonna send this one off and get some new curtains on it but this was um kind of a bucket list camera for me and and a, a good example of one of us falling for our own gas paul uh, we, had, we lost anthony he had to get to bed a little bit earlier tonight but uh paul or theo any any last things you want to cover before we sign off no, I think we've covered
2: lots and lots today. I think my we'll yeah. save things for the next episode.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Paul?
1: Nope, I'm all good. We're, uh, you know, the only thing I've got right now, I have too many camera straps.
0: Another strap episode?
1: No, I I decided I think I'm going to keep this black paint M four.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: just because I I don't think I had a black paint M two and I sold it, and I know I'll never see another one. So no. And I've got a, a, a Sumolox, a black lux that fits it pretty well. So. Paul, gonna...
0: you have you have earned the right to keep that camera.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the, the one I really wanted to keep it was the number two brownie. <laughs> and the reason is it has a Yellowstone Park sticker on the side of it.
11: Oh, that's and cool. I can't
1: I can't tell if somebody put this on here or if it was sold in a shop or something in Yellowstone Park.
0: Like as a souvenir camera.
1: Yeah, a souvenir camera.
0: That's probably uh, I would guess that's probably what it is. I doubt it's anything that's, official that's by what I'm Kodak. Looking and it's yeah,
1: Yellowstone yeah. Park which was before it was Yellowstone National Park.
0: Yeah, so that's an uh, clearly an old sticker. I would be and it's yeah. on there pretty centered. Like I don't Yeah, it is. I mean, kid. it
1: looks it looks perf- it looks like it yeah. was done, not just slapped.
0: My guess is some park ranger or someone in the souvenir shop got a bunch of them and said, "Hey, yeah. let's sell our own cameras." Yep. Yeah. That is cool. Um so uh, again, I mean, thank you guys everybody on the, uh, on this episode for showing up. We really wanted to do this episode and get as many of you as possible. And you definitely answered the call. Um, I really am excited to have you all here. I I honestly wish I could have talked to many of you guys more because you guys have so many cool stories. We're definitely going to do this again. We don't yet have anything planned for the next episode. Um, It's been getting harder and harder to find experts with specific topics in mind. So uh, we we find that, you know, by winging it and doing these guest episodes or, or listener shows, Um, are are really easy but i i I love collaborating with you guys like i mentioned in the last episode we have the discord server which we've hit over 100 members which is really awesome to see um i think someone had mentioned that the join link had expired so i I created a new one i'm still kind of learning how discord works and everything but uh very cool it's a slightly different experience in facebook um that's not prone to all the ads and mark zuckerberg's choices for what order you see posts in. we have a gallery where you could share your own gas and talk about specific cameras that you've bought or want to show off a section where you could show your own photography tim i'd love to see some images from those uh, earlier cameras you talked about earlier
5: they're already posted
0: awesome very cool i'll have to check them out tonight after i go to bed because i'm I'm getting tired here. We will record episode 61 two weeks from tonight on Monday, December 11th at the usual time. We don't yet know what the show is going to be about, but we'll be sure to include that in the show announcement as we usually do a couple days before the recording. As always, the topics and discussions on the Camerosity podcast are entirely uh, decided by you guys, influenced by you guys. Uh, we like to start it off somewhere, but I would have never in a million years would have thought that three quarters of the cameras that were brought up in this episode uh, would have been brought up. Marcy, always great to see you. Mario, Julian, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Sam, Tim, AJ, you guys are awesome bill um the other bill signed off already but it, you guys were, were great fresh voices i'd love to hear from you guys again please believe me you're welcome to join on other shows but that's it you guys have a great night good night good night everybody
9: good night everybody thank bye. you so good much night. for the experience good night, good night. thank you Mike. bye everyone thank you
0: I'm Mr. Red. Oh, a uh, horse is a horse, of course, of course.
13: <laughs>
7: Lest the horse is a famous Mr.
0: Red, and get right to the source
7: Yes, of course, and give you the answer that you will know, is a Steady, close,
9: conducted Mr. Red. Where can he act this strange
13: I'm scared of everything, Let's see, something to say.